0: This week on Behind the Message, who are the blessed?
1: We got ants.
0: No, we do not.
1: <laughs> Expired.
0: <laughs> and we're back.
2: We're back. That makes no sense until you watch the video <laughs> What's the point?
0: <laughs> hey, church family, we are back with Behind the Message with Daniel and Jennifer plus Wes.
2: Plus Wes. Um, we're back, by the way. Like, like ants <laughs> in the kitchen. Like, you know, you, you, there's ants, and you try to get rid of them. But they just keep coming back.
0: That makes it sound really annoying, though. And I don't. Have you seen? The,
2: I think it's the Geico commercial. Have you seen the Geico commercial with the ants? The expired. <laughs> expired.
0: Okay, so we're back. Um, we're back with Behind the Message, but only for. Some things have stayed the same. Um, we're only back for one week, the special edition of Behind the Message. Um, and then Harry we're expired. January. And then um, Behind the Message will continue on February 10th back live and in person. So we'll give more information about that a little bit later. So we are going to jump in because we do have some family news and announcements that we wanted to make sure got out to you guys. Um, We've missed you. Um, We've seen uh, some of you at church. A lot of you we haven't seen. So um, we just wanted to pop in and say, hey, but also let you know some stuff that's coming up. So what is coming up? mainly with our worship experience on the weekend. So what's changing with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. so the weekend of February 7th, our Saturday night service is expired. Expired. I was going to say it's happy trails for the Saturday <laughs> night service, but that works too. And, uh, and so we'll just have the three Sunday morning worship gatherings, 8, 9.35, and 11.15. And you 8 o'clock pe- people that can be up at 8 o'clock would be really helpful if you would help us Fill out that service and make room for some other folks coming in at nine thirty-five and eleven fifteen. Not I, of course, but, but <laughs> some of you that can do that. Yeah. Hey, useful. and as you're there, you're going to see
2: different people on the worship yeah. team and the teaching team. It, it's a lot to run those four yeah. services week over week, and especially again, all those people on the worship team that run sound that do all that they do to have made us be able to walk through this season, have plenty of distancing and offer those four services. Just say thank you to them. It's been a big... Uh, just a big burden, to be honest, to mm-hmm. be able to do those four services. And so that's a cool thing. Say thank you to them. Mm-hmm. Also, we're talking about celebrating. Somebody celebrated their 10th anniversary oh. <laughs> this past week. Mike and Jennifer have been here now 10 years.
0: Yeah, we have to years. clarify that wasn't our 10th wedding anniversary. Because no, Many yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, right. but yeah, our 10th anniversary is <laughs> the church. Yeah, and that was sweet. We were kind of here and kind of not, but... um It was very sweet, and I wanted to say a big thank you, Mike and I both, to um, the church family at large, kind words that came in, sweet notes and gifts that came in. It was a sweet um, family thing. And it was fun for our family to sit around and kind of reminisce what we were doing 10 years ago this time, too. Um, It was fun. It was great. And speaking of family news and church family, I have just been kind of overwhelmed, probably because we received a lot of sweet notes and stuff over the last week or week and a half, but just some of the things that our church family... Um, and you may not get to to hear about it or see it a lot because we are so distanced and socially distanced right now, but church family is still church family, and they're continuing to act like that. And so just within the last few days, I have heard of meals being taken um, to people, visits being made, um, life groups just love it on a family that just walked through a, a sweet loss of a family member. Um writing letters. Kids are still writing letters to some of the senior adults in our church. Senior adults are returning those letters, just sweetness, sweet things that are going on, sweet ministry that's taking place and prayer groups that are taking place and uh, groups that are getting together and praying specifically for our staff and for our pastors and our elders, which is wonderful. So I want you all to know, church family is still church family, still carrying on with that. um, And we all need to um, take responsibility and ownership to, we're socially distanced, but we're, we're still a family and we can still act like one. So anyway, just some exciting things, myself personally. Yeah. So anyway, Daniel preached this weekend, um, great message through Matthew 5, through the Beatitudes. And so just wanted to jump in before we even get <coughs> to kind of walking through the sermon about what got you guys, you preach, so we'll go to Wes, but um, what got you out of the message okay. this
1: week? I have two, one quick <laughs> short one to start off with. Okay. okay. <clears throat> the first one. The illustration of the horse when talking about what it means to be meek or humble and the the, the goal of the horse trainer or it's to break the horse. And while I was thinking, now I'm no equestrian by any means, but I have ridden a horse, some, on vacation. Like not here. It's something we've done a couple times on vacation. I've ridden horses well broken. And I've ridden horses that I think they grabbed him, threw something on him, said, here. Do they? No, it was in Costa Rica where they speak Spanish, and I didn't speak that. All I knew was the word grande, and they pointed to me, which meant he gets the biggest horse. But that's neither here nor there. But that just that I, I had even in my limited
2: the mental images I, are I know ambience, it was yeah, uh, uh, and and that
1: right <laughs> less broken horse almost decapitated me uh, going after a mango. But even in my limited equestrian experiences, it was something an image that stuck in my mind because I'd also ridden and put my kids on a really well broken horse mm-hmm. that i think i could have snapped my fingers and whispered and I, and it would have done whatever it, it was trained to yield and submit Just yeah, and it never seen it never seen me <laughs> um, before or since. And so it was trained well. So that image was was heavy and strong, I think, in my own mind. Um, but then the other thing that, that really stuck out—this is deeper than the horse illustration, I think—is how much an important last week's message on asking us what kingdom we're living for is so important for this week because you have to answer that question first as to before you can even get into wrestling with some of these thoughts in the Beatitudes and and that sort of thing. So if we're wishy-washy on what kingdom we're living for, then this test that we're going to fail no matter what happens is so much more different, and it's so much more difficult to live a countercultural gospel. So I think if you think of them together over the last two weeks, I think it really helps and makes lots of sense as well. Yeah, that's really good. So I've taken a broader... View of the last yeah. couple weeks,
0: too. I think for me, I I grew up, and if you if you grew up in a in a very traditional um, Southern Baptist background, um, you would probably assent to this. But um, I grew up with a checklist mentality in my Christianity. I mean, it was it was on our offering envelopes. Do you remember the, check, oh, yeah. the little check boxes on your offering envelopes? Yeah. Um, so I grew up with a checklist mentality about my walk with the Lord. And so even the very opening of the message yesterday, when you flat out said the Beatitudes is not a checklist of you should be poor in yeah. spirit, you should be this, you should be this, but it is a test and it's a test that we fail. And it's a test that we will, we will fail. Um, and you made this statement and it was so powerful to me. And I, and I wrote it down and continued to think on it some um, when I got home, but Ma- well, all of Matthew, kingdom of God living, like you talked about, and the Beatitudes specifically from yesterday, they confront our broken understanding of the kingdom of God. And that was powerfully overwhelming and freeing and challenging for me all at the same time, um, just to know that the checklist is not kingdom living. Um, the to-do list is not kingdom living. Um Poor in spirit is kingdom living. We bring nothing, doesn't matter how many boxes we check. Um, we bring nothing but brokenness um, to the kingdom. And so it was a, that was a very freeing thing for me. So that, that's what got me out of the message. I thought it was um, great for the time that we're living in. And like you said, great to give a sense to um, what Jesus is presenting as the kingdom. And um, my fourth grader is learning about American history. And we just finished up with the Declaration of Independence and all of that. And this was reminded me almost of, I mean, Jesus is setting forth his, this is the declaration of the kingdom. I mean, this is what kingdom life looks like. And so it was, it was, it was powerful for me. So anyway, if you want to give us, especially for people who didn't get to this weekend, haven't tuned in yet, um, give us a quick sermon recap of what (laughs) you're just go for. There was a lot there, but (laughs) yeah, there's a lot there
2: and you can always listen to the messages online. Uh, but another great resource if you don't use it the notes are always available online yeah. Yeah. and our teaching team does a good job of really with those notes not just it's not just what you see on the screens it's usually unpacked a little bit more so that as you can go back and read through it and study it and kind of pull yeah. some of that stuff out so Uh, You can find those on the news page, on the worship guide, but go get those notes, go through them, and they'll walk you through it better than I can in just a a a moment or two. But a few things that kind of just keep in mind, we're beginning the Sermon on the Mount. We're beginning Jesus' teaching ministry. And as he begins, there is such a temptation in us as believers to kind of just listen and just almost affirm for ourselves the things we already assume to be true, or the things we already think, and just go deaf to the conviction and the challenge and the world being turned upside down. And in these first few words, he literally is turning their world upside down. And so you read in Romans to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what he's facilitating there. He's just completely kind of destroying their presuppositions about their standing before God and who stands before God as the blessed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We might say the saved or the redeemed. And it's just turning it on its head. And so he gives these nine markers in Matthew uh, about who are the blessed. And he kind of begins the Sermon on the Mount confronting these kind of lies that they're not mentioned But again, Jesus, the teacher, knows his listener. Mm -hmm. He knows what they think. And so these statements of truth, they're counter to what is natural to them. They're just turning it upside down. And man, they're convictional. You talk about um, the test part of that. It's really hard for us to read Luke's account and read those woes and not go, oh man, I am the woe, I'm I'm not the other. Mm And it's so obvious when we do that. I think that's a great thing. And you, you mentioned, I didn't read any of these, and so these will be kind of new. But you mentioned just the temptation to list these out and kind of make them a test. That's always been a problem for the church. I'm talking sure. centuries. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Spurgeon, back in like 1909's preaching on this passage. And he says, do not fall into the mistake of supposing that the opening verses of the Sermon on the Mount set forth how we are to be saved or you may cause your soul to stumble. You will find the fullest light on that matter in other parts of the Lord's teaching. But here, he discourses upon the question, who are the saved? These are markers that God is doing in us. And one of the things that I personally believe is that Matthew presents this progressively. Mm -hmm. And you can see the work of the Spirit and how that builds. And the first step in that is to recognize I bring nothing to the table. I'm spiritually bankrupt. And if you do that, then you mourn your standing before the Lord. And then they begin to build. And you can see that building. Mm -hmm. uh, We would call that spiritual growth or spiritual Mm -hmm. maturity Mm -hmm. as that's laid out Mm -hmm. all the way up to a point of repentance All the way through to a point of living a gospel life proclaiming true peace in Jesus and the persecution and the endurance that comes on the other side of that. You have this whole marker that kind of goes stage by stage of our spiritual maturity laid out for us. It's just a really great section. Again, uh, go through that. Left with one big idea that Jesus followers build their lives on a countercultural gospel. If your life doesn't feel unnatural to the world, if you're not living different, and he even says this, if everyone is speaking well of you, hmm. you you're not doing it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not really growing. And so that's in front of us. And he goes all the way through the Sermon on the Mount. We touched on this. And then he ends with this picture of two men who built their house, one who built their house on the rock, which we know is Christ. And it lasts for eternity. Mm-hmm. It sustains. And one who builds their house on the sand, who builds their house on these broken assumptions, these lies, builds their house on self, and great is the fall of it. And so this huge sermon is working through and building and leading to uh, a response that is either going to repent, turn from self, Mm -hmm. and turn to Jesus in faith, or it's going to lead to rejection. And we see both of those responses through Jesus's teaching ministry, and I mean, just so excited to keep going through Matthew yes. and letting these things unpack. So it's, it's just great. Let's talk about it for a minute. Okay. Let's just talk about it. So you've got the things that kind of jumped out, but what were like the questions or the takeaways or something you guys would want to unpack a little bit more than? Maybe
0: we did well. um, I have a Spurgeon quote as well, and and it kind of leads into a to a question um, that I want you guys to kind of hit on for just a second. But uh, Spurgeon said, "Not what I have, but what I have not, is the first point of contact between my soul and God." And so, as you were unpacking poor in spirit, and that's not. oh, the woe is me, I'm down on myself, a, a, a low self-image, I should think very lowly of myself. It is a uh, an empty, bankrupt spirit that brings nothing to the table. And, and you, you beautifully shared that yesterday. So as I was thinking about that, and even, um, you know, American culture has been in our face, American politics has been in our face, and will continue to be. But I, the question that kept coming to my mind is, that is so... Um, and take this as I mean it. Un-American. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is not American culture to think I have nothing. I am sure. broken. I bring nothing to the table. <laughs> um, and so I was just I was just thinking through and wanted Gerald's thoughts on this. What do you think in our culture? And there's a ton of them probably, but are some of the hindrances to and just. I mean, there's sinful, broken us. We are our own hindrance. But what does culture, what are some of the messages that culture throws at us that kind of stands in opposition to poverty of spirit? And then what as believers can we do? Because we are confronted all day long with the message of, um, oh, you're not that bad. You, you be you. Uh, the best is in you. Bring out the best inside you. We're confronted with those messages all day long. What can we as believers do um, to combat those messages and to walk and to continue to pursue, because it's not a one-time goal. Poverty and spirit is a daily mm-hmm. um, awareness that we don't have. So, what do you guys think are our hindrances to that in our culture, society today? And then, what are some just some practical ways yeah. to keep that that mindset and that spirit?
2: Let, let me mm-hmm. chase this one. I'm excited. To chase this one. <laughs> so, um, the culture. It's just a response to who we are. Yeah. We need to understand that. Right. So that's the same thing with politics. People can talk about the shifts or whatever else, and they can blame parties, but the parties <laughs> just reflect the people yeah. of in that system. Right. right, same thing. So the real issue isn't the culture. The issue is our pride. Right. Mm-hmm. So take take the coronavirus. I mean, that's on everybody's mind. We talk about it. Mm-hmm. So been sick for three weeks with the coronavirus, it's kind of getting better. So here's what happens. Everybody wants to tell you, even though we know this is so radically different from person to person, Mm -hmm. what they do to avoid it, to make it better. If you just take vitamin C, if you'll just do this essential oil, if you'll stand on your head and breathe this way, I mean, this is what I do. And if you do that, you'll be great. Mm -hmm. Here's what's happening in that moment. That's pride of thinking we control our own health Mm -hmm. to, to that degree. So I was diagnosed with uh, a rare form of cancer. I was given a 50-50 chance of living five years. I lived. I would never go up to the same person who did the same treatment and say, well, you know, I'm sorry your, your dad died. He clearly didn't drink enough Diet Dr. Peppers. or he. like yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. But what is stirring in us is pride mm-hmm. to want to feel like we are in control, yeah. that we have something to offer. Mm-hmm. So watch. Our spiritual bankruptcy, and we have to keep it in right context, Mm -hmm. all of this is about the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and our standing before Him. So our standing before God works against our very nature in our sin and our pride that says, I bring something to the Mm -hmm. table. I have some answer. And to just be able to say, I do not know, Mm -hmm. or in the case of some illness, ultimately, my health Uh is in the hands of God Uh and under His sovereignty, Uh and not my own. Uh That grates against not just being Uh un-American. That grates against our nature Uh and our sin and our humanity in our fallen state. Uh And that's the issue. Uh And that's being tested right in the beginning. And that's why when you look in Scripture and the Gospel narrative, the law comes first. Uh It's to expose our sin, and that's one of the reasons in our churches today we are struggling so much with gospel presentation is because we have become resistant to confronting sin, mm. and we think if we just champion grace, then that's going to convince them. Mm. But if they don't know their desperation right. and their sin, there and there's no connection to that, to um, to their bankruptcy, mm-hmm. there's no need for a Savior right. yeah. All of that plays yeah. into "Blessed are the spirits the yeah. bankrupt." Yeah. Blessed and
0: presenting are a gospel like that poor Apart from our poverty of spirit, presenting that kind of a gospel leads to a life of no repentance, of no, yeah. you know, no intimacy with. There's Christ. no mourning. There's no mourning for your yeah. sin at all. Yeah. And then there's no blessed are those who mourn. There's exactly. no the next. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So that was that was powerful, and I had um, a little um, parenting moment with. Um, my youngest, and it was over virtual schooling, which I'm sure no one else has parenting moments over virtual school. And um, so a little discipline had to occur. And um, as the discipline was taking place in her bedroom, she was crying. And she said, but can you just give me grace? And I said, yes, it's already been given. It was called the law. (laughs) (laughs) And you already knew what was right and what was wrong. And she was like, I don't understand. I said, well, after we finish this, then we'll have a
1: discussion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> finish the Exactly. That's really good.
0: <laughs> after we finish the course correction, then yeah. we'll come back. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, good. That's yeah, good.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so and you brought up that first one, this poor in spirit. Yeah. Uh, now, that's not the only phrase in here that needed unpacking, and you did what you could in the amount of time yeah. given. This seems like every sentence, almost every phrase, Yesterday over this weekend, you had to let me tell you what this really means. And I don't know. I've always thought, even when I was younger and didn't understand quite as much. I thought, we don't. These are not words that I understand or concepts I understand very well. So things like pure in heart, um, peacemaker, certainly that poor in spirit. It seems it seems like the biblical definitions and meanings that you explained yesterday mm-hmm. don't line up to what our surface evaluations of what those. Phrases and words mean. So here's one question that I have for you as you were looking. Why is why is that? Why is why does Jesus use some words here that translated into English that that were like okay we got to go back and dive into this. Now there's other places in Scripture certainly, but it seems like it's highly concentrated here. Of I don't this doesn't mean what I think it means on the surface. Yeah, yeah.
2: some of that. It, it, well, in this case, most of that is not a word study. This isn't uh, a statement that if you go back. Again, pure means undivided, right. um, not defiled, uh, complete. Like, it's going to mean pure. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you go it's back related. and look at that. That's right. Those words translated word for word, they're, they're right. Yeah. They're, that's yeah. it. What What's missing is context. And so what happens is we approach the beatitude a little bit more individually back to right. this list that this specific statement, is just kind of standing alone. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the meek. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the guy who doesn't talk very much yeah. and he's really quiet. No, no, the is not argumentative.
0: Yeah, the, yeah right. that's right. Yeah, that's right.
1: It yeah. that doesn't mean pacifist.
2: Right. And so, how do you? What you're asking is why are you interpreting it the way that yes. you did? And yeah. the answer to that is because Scripture interprets it that way. Yeah. So the most important one I mentioned in some of the services, I think all yeah. of them, is you would talk about blessed are the peacemakers who proclaim true peace in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But Jesus doesn't say that at all there. So how do you know that? And how is that being framed? It's framed because the context is about our standing before God, our righteousness. Now the term righteousness is used there. It's built into the definition Mm -hmm. because our righteousness is really our right standing before God in his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Well, we know because scripture teaches us that the only way we will be righteous before God is through Jesus. Mm -hmm. So scripture is interpreting scripture. Mm -hmm. And we're able to unpack those definitions because of the context not just of Matthew mm-hmm. but really the context of the entirety of scripture right. we also have Luke's account which helps us frame because Luke includes some of the woes and some sure. and so you have this ability to let scripture interpret these statements and not just our culture mm-hmm. yeah and our culture will go well meek well that's somebody who's just self-spoken mm-hmm. mm-hmm. no let Scripture interpret it. And right. so to your point, last week we have this building theme that's happening here about the kingdom of God. Yeah. Even Jesus a little bit later, just a few verses later, is going to say, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and the scribes, mm-hmm. well, where would that come, yeah. I wonder? Yeah. Well, in Christ and in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. So those interpretations are built on the reality that context is king. Yeah. And we take uh, e- when we take Scripture literally, Context has to define what is literal, sure. uh,
1: and that's really important for us. And what he's talking about, you cannot do in three minutes per day, right? Yeah, that's right. If if yes. if that's what you think, the only interpretive element in there is the culture. It is a yeah. you know, shared definition of words. Yeah. That takes much longer than three to five minutes per day, right? I mean, he's talking about context and immediate context and then all of Scripture, and that's a much more laborious But worthwhile effort to build on over your life. That's
2: right. And as you do, it's vitally important that you know the difference between your interpretation and what is clearly the interpretation of Scripture Mm. upon Scripture. So even Sunday, I I gave an example of that. I'm fully convinced that Matthew, inspired by the Holy Spirit, laid these out in a progression. It makes sense. It's clear to me. I believe that with all my heart. However, I don't have a scriptural mandate or a prescription that says that absolutely happened. And so I want to make a distinction. So in every one of those services, I said, this is my personal interpretation. This is why it's here, laid it out. But at the same time, I let you know, scripture didn't interpret scripture in this account. This is my interpretation of that. And that leads room that is necessary when we approach the Scripture, and it doesn't weight my interpretation equal Crap. to Scripture's interpretation absolutely. of Scripture. Really important process yeah. as we study absolutely. God's Word. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's really good. And that you wouldn't have even gotten that own personal interpretation without the pondering and the studying and the reading yeah. over and over again. And so I'm going to insert a very quick plug here, which y'all may have mm-hmm. been going to put in later, but. Um, this is such a blessing of a study in the book of Matthew that our church is walking through together. Our life groups are walking through. The resources are untold. Uh, the reading plans, the the cross-references, the study groups, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, this is a blessing of a time to be walking through as you guys have, have continued to teach um, the kingdom that we're a part of. And that's what Matthew sets out. So, So don't miss, church family, this opportunity to be in the world, but yet not of it, and learn that through the book of Matthew and the kingdom that we're truly a part of. So anyway, don't miss that opportunity. All right. Um, anything else? What yeah, got you? So
1: one thing you mentioned it a little bit. Uh, Daniel was pretty direct. And
0: Are there times when Daniel's not direct?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, and this was necessary, I yeah. think. Uh, not that other times are not, mm-hmm. but in explaining this, we, we alluded to it earlier in this Blessed are Peacemakers comment. Yeah. And he was really direct in talking about how our uh, passions and our propensity to give our opinions and exert a lot of energy in disseminating them all over the place. Life group, one on one conversations, the Twitter the verse, and all of the other social media. So, uh, why do you think we could ask him? He's sitting here. But why do you think? Because I, I, I agree with this. Why do you think such a strong caution, and I would even say a healthy rebuke, is baked into that? Why did he do that? Mm-hmm. Um, what have we seen culturally that requires that required him to do that? Oh,
0: well, goodness gracious! Um, open up any social media account yeah. of any believer, of yeah. any Christian, and um, I think the the sad thing is the dangerous thing is that most of most energy is going toward yeah. things that are not of peacemaking quality. Yeah. things that are not of being a peacemaker and bringing the message of peace. It's about bringing the message of um, a political party or um,
1: or even the news yeah even or, on a micro level like something really important to me. Like I have ranted and railed upon. This will be fun. Local decision-making about how our kids are Have educated. You? And Have I've exerted a lot of energy in thinking about mm-hmm. it and trying to explain to people why I disagree and why we should reject this mm-hmm. and push our leaders for more and better. No, mm-hmm. that's right. But, and I think that's a good, healthy thing to do. But it pales in comparison to the piece that can yeah. be made as thinking as an ambassador of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've applied zero effort compared to uh, very little effort towards true peacemaking here Mm -hmm. that he, Daniel, described yesterday relative to some other things. And that's a good, it's one small example. And there are 50 things during the day Mm -hmm. that we prioritize more than gospel proclamation and seeing ourselves as ambassadors of reconciliation, I think. It was super convicting for me. And I think it was healthy and good of you. And I think, Mm -hmm. church, you should see it this way. Rebuke is not a bad thing at all and Mm -hmm. needed here. Yeah, I thought... Um, I was
2: biting my tongue pretty well. Yeah. So if if that was direct, I'm telling you in my mind right. there was a good an, another ninety yeah. percent of directness yeah. that I was throttling back. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's because what's happening in that moment is I want us to feel indicted. Yeah, we don't just get to read over that and act like we're neutral mm-hmm. or we've got that. Because what's really happening in those moments when we're so confident with our opinion yeah. and lack such confidence in sharing the gospel, is we really believe we help situations more. We really believe there is more peace in our opinion and more productivity in our opinion than we do in the proclamation of the gospel. And one of the things that you're going to get to see in Jesus's teaching, Jesus understands that even he doesn't convince people into repentance. Right. In a few weeks, we're going to get to the sure. disciples, and they're going to ask him. Why mm. do you preach in parables? And he's going to just unpack that as clearly as it can be. Yeah. Spurgeon said that. Let's just go back one more Spurgeon do quote. It again. I've got it here. It's a great quote. He says, Certainly it is true of the man who preaches Christ that his lips drop honey. And the more he speaks of his dear Lord and Master, and the less he tries with human eloquence to magnify himself, the more sacred sweetness. There shall be in every word that he utters. Here's the idea everything we're bringing to the table that we think through our look, our speech, our delivery, whatever that is, you gotta understand there's no power in that.
1: Yeah, nothing.
2: The power is in the truth of the gospel, the word of God in Christ. And at the end of the day, when we are out there sharing our opinion so boldly and so quietly, the gospel, it's because we really believe we're helping the situation more with our opinion. Yeah. That ought to be an indictment against yeah. us. Sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe maybe we're glad uh, you throttled it back
2: so <laughs> We're we're glad it. for the ninety percent tongue body. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as <laughs> <is> the <laughs> teachers you're preparing you you know, yeah. All those thoughts are really heavy on you because they're in your head, so I don't get to throttle that back from me. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sitting there with my Bible open You're going, I'm well, oh, oh, nice. a horrible girl. <laughs> this is awful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All yeah.
0: right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take the opportunity now for um, Austin and Laura to come in, and they're going to tell us a little bit about what is coming up with um, some new opportunities on campus. We're going to have some Wednesday night things and some Sunday night opportunities um, coming up. So that means Daniel and I are...
1: Expired! (laughs) The end! So we are now joined by Austin and Laura, and Jennifer alluded to this earlier, we've got some exciting things coming back in a couple of weeks, and so, Austin, take just a few minutes and invite our church body into some of the things we're working on over the next few weeks.
3: Yeah. So, church family, we are excited about Wednesday nights. Uh, They are coming back in just a few weeks. So February 10th from 6.30 to 7.30, that's the new time. So we just want everybody to kind of know that. We're shifting the time around and that's for a couple of different reasons. First of all, we are all in for the family. So um, can I say that, all in the family? Is yeah, that, yeah, that, that works, works yeah. Um, And that what that means is that we've got uh, study groups for adults, we've got groups for students, groups for kids. And so we wanna shorten that time period to be able to provide a safe environment. So we've got some social distancing things. We're gonna be a little bit spread out among our campus. So we'll let you guys know those things pretty quickly um, but we want you guys to know we're, we're pursuing safety in the season so that's why our time is a little bit different from 6:30 to 7 30. on the kids end we've got preschool groups so that's for all preschoolers that's going to be 6 30 to 7 30 in uh, the preschool hallway and then also for elementary so we're going to do a couple different things for elementary kids this semester so we're going to kind of divide up our time so every other week we'll be on a little bit different schedule still 6.30 to 7.30. So one week we'll be in small groups, kindergarten through fifth grade, and then the next week we'll be in large group. Um, So that's gonna be a lot of fun. We'll do worship and large group teaching. So hey, family, we we are excited to have your kids back here on campus. So students are coming back too, right?
4: Students are coming back. So everything that Austin just said about elementary, same thing for students, but flipped. So we're gonna keep everybody separate, just again, social distancing, pursuing safety, all of that. So students will start in large group, in the worship center, and then the next week they'll be in small groups spread out all over campus. And we'll give more specific details. You'll hear from your kids, students, leaders of where they're going to be and where their group's going to be and all of that. So don't think you have to remember that. But that's kind of generally what our plan is for
1: students for this semester. Adults, you'll have three study group options. You can come to Behind the Message. So we said earlier, this is our last recorded Behind the Message for a while because coming back in person that night, February 10th. There'll also be a study group, a ladies' study group, walking through the Sermon on the Mount, which we, again, kicked off this week. I'm really excited about that for you ladies. And then there'll be a study group called God's Promise Fulfilled, which is a deeper dive into your Friday and Sunday reading in the reading plan. Okay. And then, uh, lastly, there is a virtual option. So those of you that are uh, not going to be here on Wednesday nights, for various reasons, you can uh, follow along a uh, recorded lesson in that God's Promise-Fulfilled Study Group, and there's a study guide we'd love for you to look at there, that's on tcbchurch.org slash studygroups. Okay, so those options great for you to take advantage of. So, Alara.
4: Away oh, yes. yes,
1: tell us, uh, how can they help us better prepare for that? Right. What are we asking them to do leading up to the 10th?
4: First thing, really one thing, only thing for right now is please register your family for the spring 2021 semester. So if you intend for your family to participate in our on-campus discipleship opportunities for the semester, pre-register your family. That is on tcbchurch.org slash news. Also on tcbchurch.org slash aimthefamily in tons of other places, just slash news is the best one. Go there. You just need to fill out the form once for every member of your family. So if you don't have elementary kids, you just skip through that part really quickly. But if you have kids in all ages, it's just one form for the whole family. So register your family. That helps us plan for where groups are going to meet, how big each group is going to be, and that kind of stuff. And then as we actually get into the semester, each week we'll have an RSVP to help us plan for actual attendance. But Mm -hmm. for now, pre-register your family for spring 2021.
1: Yeah. So like we've said a lot in this Season looks a little different. That's okay. A couple extra things we want you to think about and know and do, but we think it's worth doing and worth fighting for community. We've said a lot. The church doesn't stop being the church. We don't stop connecting in community and pushing each other and encouraging each other to grow in the Word and wrestle with the truths that we're confronted with in the Scriptures. And so that's our aim this Wednesday, uh, this semester on Wednesday nights. So thank you guys for joining us. Now it's customary you newbies here on Behind the Message for us to pray some scripture over our listeners. And so we're going to do that uh, now for just a minute. So let me pray for you as we close. I'm going to do that by reading Matthew 6, and 34, which we'll get to in a few weeks, but has great application this week too. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. So do not worry about Tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And Father, as we've been confronted the last couple of weeks with what it looks like to live in your kingdom, to uh, to live for your kingdom and not for anyone else's, I pray that the text we heard read this week and, and preached to us this week has has spurred us on towards more faithful kingdom living. And I pray that... Um, that your word and I'm confident that your word does the work that you intend for it to. We know it's eternal. and never fades. I pray that leads us uh, to live as citizens of the kingdom of heaven for those of us that are in Christ and that we will uh, focus on our relationship with you and encourage others to do the same. I pray that we'll also invite others into your kingdom as we've thought about this week as well. Uh, and again, I just ask that each of us listening would Uh, seek you first, and seek your kingdom above all things. In your name we pray. Amen.